It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we all have to talk about it at some point. It's time to talk about the offense. We'll talk about Paolo Bancaro, what he looked like in his debut game. Dive a little bit deeper into his game, plus what the Magic are trying to do on the offensive end. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a little messy and disjointed like the offense itself. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 5th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to dive into Paolo Bancaro's debut game for the Orlando Magic. What went right, what didn't go so right, and a whole lot more for Paolo Bancaro as we... Obsess over our number one pick. That's 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 what we're going to do this year. Sorry, that's that, that that's how it's going to be. We're going to try not to read too much into things. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Paolo Bancaro's game, plus what the Magic's offense is trying to do. Try and put what happened on Monday in some context to what the team's ultimate goals are. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast every day. I don't want to, like, like I said, we're going to obsess all about Caro here. Um, you know, it's that's just the nature of the beast. There's, there's As much as Everyone probably wants to deny it as much as everyone probably wants to uh, avoid it. Um, there's a lot riding on Paolo Bancaro. Um, he has a tattoo. I believe it's on his arm somewhere that says no pressure. That's K-N-O-W pressure, not N-O pressure, but K-N-O-W pressure, no pressure. This is a guy that embraces the expectations that come with being the top pick, come with being a potential star in this league. And look, Paolo Bancaro was insanely impressive at Summer League. But in his first preseason game, he finally looked like a rookie. Now, I think we, we saw this in Summer League, how Paolo is going to have to work a little bit to figure out what shots he can take and where he can get to his spots, especially as defenses put their focus on him. And the Magic's offense, as we're going to get to later on, it's... It's a work in progress, and, and, and that's putting it kindly. Paolo Bancaro's first game showed where the Magic are probably going to be asking a lot of the rookie and some of the struggles he's ultimately going to have, but also where Paolo's going to have to continue to get better and, and kind of the responsibility he's going to have. Um, again, it, 
I, I don't want to read too much into this first preseason game. Um, it is a data point that we have. It is something to obsess over for the next couple days. Um, but it's the first preseason game. The Magic are an imperfect team at the moment. They don't have their full offense installed. They don't have everything the way they want it. They haven't been on the court long enough together to be in sync. And that much is clear. As fun and as exciting as Paolo Bancaro's Summer League a lot, a lot of it was exciting because he just looked in sync with everybody. His playmaking, his passing was on point. His shooting was pretty solid. Everything was working. Monday is what it looks like when everything is not working. And obviously the level of competition bumped up a little bit uh, from Vegas. This is not to say that we're uh, that I'm at all concerned about Paolo and, 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 and how he's going to play. There was lots of good that came from Monday's game and lots of good that uh, should still entice a lot of fans and entice Magic fans too. The steal and finish on the first play of the game, that is heady stuff. That is good defense defense by Wendell Carter forcing a difficult pass out, a great read by Paolo to step in and take the steal, and great physicality to finish at the rim the way that he did. That is all very good stuff. That's exactly what the Magic want to see from Paolo Bancaro. That's exactly what the Magic should expect from Paolo Bancaro. Same, too, with the dunk that he had at the end of the second quarter. A nice drive, saw the pressure, saw the defense loading up on him middle or loading up on him to the left side, dribbled away from the pressure into the teeth of the defense, was able to lift up, able to finish with physicality over over two defenders. Just a really, really nice play. Fact of the matter is, eight points, two for nine shooting, those were his only two makes. And what we saw the rest of the game was very much the same as the problems we saw throughout the roster. There were some turnovers where he was just a step off uh, from where he needed to be. Uh, as as Ben Carroll put it after the game, one thing that he's going to have to get used to with this Magic offense, because the Magic last year ran the second fewest isolation possessions per game of any team in the league. The only team that ran fewer were the San Antonio Spurs. You know, so again, say what you want about that. The Magic did not run a lot of isos. Um, They don't run a lot of isos generally. They did not run a lot of isos in this game. They ran almost no post-ups, which is, you know, Wendell Carter got almost zero touches. It was very much a game that was designed, a game plan that was designed to just let Paolo get his feet wet. Let the, the team kind of get its feet wet. Um, so again, I I look at that offense, and yes, I see a lot of trouble signs, and I see a lot of warning signs. I see a lot of things that I'm concerned about. But overall, I, I, I don't think the way the Magic ran their team on Monday is the way they're going to run their team generally. Um, there's going to be a lot of fine-tuning. There's going to be a lot of things kind of layered in. This offense isn't completely installed yet, so I, I, I'm not super worried. Not yet, at least. And, and like I said, pre getting better. It's about carryover. It's about carrying over the good things, continuing to limit the bad things. You want to see this team get better and better and better and better and better as we get deeper into the preseason. But Paolo had just, Paolo said after the game that one thing that was different is he's not used to running a lot of pick and rolls. And he admitted after the game that he was a little hesitant, that he wasn't making his reads fast enough. And again, that's a big point of emphasis for the Magic is to play fast. Is to, you know, again, you, you know, the, the Chad Powers thing. I think fast, play fast. Um, that's, Paolo was getting comfortable. And Memphis did a really good job loading up on him, 
closing off driving lanes, forcing him to shoot jumpers, just like they did everyone else, and the Magic suffered for it. It's going to be key for Paolo Bancaro, as much as it's key for every single player on this team, that if they are the main playmaker in that particular set, in that particular situation, in that particular action, they've got to get paint touches. The Magic struggled to get into the paint. That was the key to their offensive struggles. And yes, they turned the ball over a ton. And some of that is Paolo trying to make plays that are just a little too complicated. Um, I thought the Magic overpassed at times on Mon- in Monday's game. And so it's just, Paolo's struggles were emblematic of the larger struggle for the whole team in that game. And again, the Magic ran a lot through Paolo. They put the ball in his hands a lot. They let him go out and make these kinds of mistakes. They let him kind of run the show a lot. He ran, there's not, they wasn't bringing the ball up the floor, but he was initiating a lot of action. And the Magic want him to be that kind of a hub and be that kind of a player where they can attack with him off the dribble where they can use him as screener and pick and rolls, they can use him in the pinch post, they can use him everywhere. And, and again, that's part of a general philosophy that this team has. So like I said, I'm not so worried about Paolo because the Magic were probably putting him in position to explore and make mistakes. And look, there's no denying it, he made a lot of them. He made a lot of mistakes he made a lot of errors in that Monday. It was not a great performance by very many players. RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony stood out to me. Mo Wagner stood out to me. I liked what Terrence Ross did. Paolo did not dominate at all. But he still did some good things on both ends of the floor, quite frankly. And he got comfortable. And so... What I would say is look at the things that he did well. Uh, look look at the areas that he did well. He used his physicality well at times. When he had a path to the basket, he got to the basket. Um, he was a willing passer once again. The jumper wasn't there. I suspect that there are a lot of tired and heavy legs in that game. Um, that's typical for the first preseason game. It's typical for training camp. He tried to do a little too much with his passing and on the ball, but all the tools are clearly there. And as more of this offense gets layered in, he's going to be a lot better. But it does get us to this larger point about the offense in general. And so there's two kind of offshoots, because Paolo's game on Monday was very emblematic of the larger problems the Magic faced. And so we'll talk a little bit about what the Magic want to see offensively, and whether we saw that Monday at all. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment with you, but you'll get the ad overlay here anyway. Uh, price picks is just, just, there's a lot of different games you can play to have a little action, to have a little, to have a little interest in the NBA, NBA season. And you'll look at the lines and you'll, you'll look at the lines and you'll say, tonight I'm taking Luka Doncic to score 26 and a half points. LeBron James have more than seven and a half rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than six and a half assists. Steph Curry to have more than three and a half three-pointers made. Wendell Carter to have more than seven and a half rebounds. If you ever wanted to have some have some action or to bet these particular lines, then Prize Picks is the game for you. It's a fantasy game that I play every Sunday. I'm not an NFL guy, but every weekend I pick a couple ga- couple a couple of these over unders from the college football world. Uh, I pick a couple from the NFL world, and now the basketball is coming back. I'll certainly be picking a few basketball. And the best part, Prize Picks lets you pick all of them. 
It's my favorite fantasy game. It's a fantasy game that I choose, and I think you should choose it too. They go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. The best part is, too, if you do a, 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 a pick of four or five different picks, if you win three of the four or four of the five, you end up getting, I think it's, what, one and a half times your money? So on a $20 bet, you win $30. There's no competing against other people, no dealing with the experts, no dealing with people who just flood these flood the pools with entries to make sure that they win. It's just you versus the projections available. And PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports done right. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they will give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code Locked On. It's right there on the bottom right there. Uh, and at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of this. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting next Monday, October 10th. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts, including me, and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Starting Monday, search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, um, the Magic's offense, like, let's uh, rip the Band-Aid off. Like, it's, 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 it's rough. Um, the Magic's offense is a work in progress. And again, that is being kind. Um, by almost every statistical metric, the Magic were near the bottom of the league uh, in almost every offensive category that matters. Um, it was a rough year for the Magic. Uh, and and frankly, even with the addition of Paolo Bancaro, even with the potential for Markel Fultz, it's probably going to be another rough year offensively for this team. And and I think, you know, certainly there's an understanding that the team has to be better offensively, even if they don't have the best offensive weapons quite yet. There's an understanding things have to be better um, for this team to have any chance, for this team to establish its defense. We said it after Monday's game. He thought their half-court defense, and I agree with him, the Magic's half-court defense was pretty okay. I wouldn't say solid, but pretty okay. 
But because they were constantly playing in transition, because they were turning the ball over so much, they rarely had the chance to get that established. When Memphis pulled away, it was because of those transition opportunities, and Memphis feasts on those. They really pressed that advantage. So the Magic know their offense has to be better. And it's part of this larger idea that the Magic have been putting forward this year. This larger idea of accountability, of personal, you know, you know, responsibility to the team, to to limiting mistakes, that this whole idea is central to what the Magic are trying to do. So is, frankly, the way the Magic were putting out lineups. Jamal Mosley has talked throughout the course of the year, the training camp, of building complete players, of expecting everyone to be able to do everything. Now, that might be asking a lot. Certainly, you don't want Mo Bamba initiating offense or working off the dribble so much. But the idea has always been that players are complete, that they know everything about every part of the offense, that to be truly positionless, to be truly versatile, is to have all these requisite skills. And the fact of the matter is, the way that this Magic team runs its offense, the way that Jamal Mosley runs his offense, every it is, it, it's less about sets. There's no this happens and this happens and this happens. It is a read-based offense. And that puts a lot of responsibility on the players to make correct reads. Limiting mistakes, better decision camp, of all the training camp discussion, of all the preseason discussions so far. The Magic want to be better decision makers, to be more decisive, more incisive, more, uh, more precise, more purposeful with their offense. And so within the structures that are built within the offense, Orlando wants to see better choices. As Mosley's put it, they want to play fast, but they need to make good decisions playing fast. They can't slow down, let the defense catch up, but they got to make the right decisions. If there was something to be disappointed on in Monday's loss, it was this facet of the team's offense. The Magic have made it clear they want to shoot a lot of threes, and, and they, they want to encourage players to shoot threes, but settling for 54 three-pointers isn't going to get the job done. For the most part, you know, those were okay looks, but those are bad decisions. It's doing exactly what the defense wants you to do. The turnovers are bad decisions. If you go back and watch the tape, you will see that players missed or drove to the wrong spots. Paolo Bancaro especially got kind of stuck with some bad spots where he drove into traffic. Instead of driving away or kicking the ball back out uh, to, to, to open space or to where there are fewer defenders and so they can catch players rotating, he kind of drove into traffic and tried to set up his shot, especially going right. Uh, didn't really look left as much. Again, this is something maybe that you put on tape, that you, cor- that you correct, you point out and say, hey, this is a moment where your instinct might be to do this, but... Keep in mind this player is here. Keep in mind that this the action could be over here. Move that ball quickly and catch the defense off guard. What the Magic are trying to do is they are trying to find mismatches and find areas where they can leverage that kind of space so that either they can get shots, get in the paint, keep constant movement. And, and it is not an easy thing to do. But the Magic are asking the players, I, I said this last year, I would almost prefer an offense with a little bit more structure for this group. Um, Just because they're a young team, 
don't know these reads. They haven't experienced thing they want to they, they want to do. Now I think what Mosley's done by creating offense like this is it empowers the players to take ownership over the project. And so there's kind of personal responsibility if it doesn't go right because that the philosophy is there. But by the same token, it doesn't always put the players in the best position to succeed. It force it it kind of forces young play, young inexperienced players to make decisions they've never made before or to read things they've never seen before. However, this is an offense that can work at a high level when the players have a mastery of it. And maybe, you know, again, I, I think is coaching the team the Magic eventually will be as much as he is coaching the team they are now. What they're doing now may not be what's best for the now, but it may be best for the future. Time will tell on that. But for now, the Magic's offense is very focused on these decisions. Very focused on these actions and and on the choices that the players make. On understanding how are we going to spring players free and create gaps for us to attack so we can just go out and, and as everyone puts it, just play basketball. They don't want to overcomplicate the offense because they just want to go out there and play basketball. And so, yes, this is going to be a process to build an offense that can function a little bit. It's going to be a process to get the right guys in place, to get the right chemistry in place, to have it all kind of add up into what the Magic ultimately want to be. This is... This is tricky. No doubt about it. And the Magic's offense is going to have its struggles. It's going to have nights like Monday night. Maybe not as bad as Monday night because it's preseason. Like I said, I don't think the Magic have fully installed their offense or fully installed everything. I think the players need to get a game like that out of their system. And preseason is when it's going to happen. So now they understand, okay, this is what happens if we don't do this. This is now, we have to figure out how, we have to figure out how to do XYZ so that ABC doesn't happen this time. And really, again, it's going to all go back to, I still get Paolo's game. And I'm not singling him out or saying, all his shots. I watched a lot of his play. I watched his turnovers. I watched his, I watched like every clip I could find on, on the NBA.com stats page uh, to, to write a little bit more about what we saw from Paolo. And, you know, just thinking about the game again, I could see this elsewhere where Paolo did what perhaps he was comfortable with instead of making the right play or kicking it to the next side, having the patience to make the next read. He made a lot of bad reads. He's a rookie. He's going to do that. He's going to make mistakes and Get those mistakes out now so that when he has the right, when he does the right things, does the right th- right things, it's going to work really, really well. And that's really where the magic are at for him to make the right reads. And that's kind of the thing to unlock. In our last segment, I'm going to kind of explore that a little bit and unpack that a little bit as well. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're going to hear me say this, and, and, and it's, I'm going to say it like it's an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's a fact of this team. It's something this team is going to have to work through. It's a te- thing that this team is going to have to improve and grow upon. But this team is so incredibly young. Why... You know, even an optimist like me, why do I doubt that this team's gonna take such a sizable leap? Frankly, it's because this team is really young. And this team is young in a way that I believe they're going to surprise some people. They're going to have marquee wins. They're going to have big wins this season. I have... No doubt about that. But there's going to be nights where they really struggle. Where the more experienced teams especially put them in a bind. And really, really put the screws on them. This team is young. And so perhaps the biggest area of growth, beyond anything else, and really this is the the outgrowth of everything else that's going to happen this year the biggest area of growth this season is about the oldest cliche in sports. On Monday, frankly, he looks sped up in a way that he didn't look in Summer League, in a way he definitely didn't look at Duke. He looked nervous and he looked sped up. That was something that we noticed about Jalen Suggs last year. That's something we've always noticed about R.J. Hampton. Why did R.J. Hampton look so good last night? So good Monday night? He looked under control. He looked like he knew exactly where he was trying to get. If the defense did something, he adjusted to it. He looked poised and under control. Cole Anthony looked poised and under control. He wasn't out of control. He wasn't rushing through things. The game looked like it was moving at a pace he was comfortable at. And this is really going to be the true hallmark of maturity. It's not something I can quantify. It's not something that probably any of us can say other than to watch the games and say, oh, he looks like he knows what he's doing tonight. Or he looks like he's real comfortable out there and just kind of dictating the terms of engagement. That's the biggest piece missing from the team. Why are we so confident about what Gary Harris can do? Why are we so confident that Terrence Ross is going to have a comeback here? They understand what the defense is going to give them, how to attack that defense. They understand how to play in a comfortable manner, frankly, in sometimes uncomfortable positions and against uncomfortable defenses. They have seen it all, and they can attack it all. Really, no one else on this Magic team can do that. And so what is going to make part of this season successful or what's, what, parts of this, what parts can be successful for the season is watching this team play with that poise, that comfort. To watch this team slow it down. And not slow it down because they're playing slower, but slow it down because 
the reads look comfortable. It is a phenomenon, and it is cliche against people who are better than me. And I go back and play against some of my friends. The game looks slower. The game feels slower. It feels more comfortable. And if a, if a pickup schlub like me can feel that, imagine what NBA players feel when the game just when it just kind of clicks, when the game just makes sense to them. If anything, that's a big part of what this season is about. It is figuring out and finding the players where it just makes sense in that way. Where the game just flows naturally and comfortably for this team. That's going to be one of the exciting things to watch, to be frank. That's going to be one of just the best things for this team all year is to watch this process of maturity and growth. It's going to be hard to quantify. But when it happens, we'll know it. And everything else is going to click into place. Whether it's the ref offense, whether it's their shot making, whether it's their ability to finish at the rim, their ability to draw fouls, their defense, it's all going to make sense. And again, what was clear Monday night is that this team is A, both getting on the same page as a unit, But B, they have a lot of players who aren't quite comfortable on the floor quite yet. And as the game slows down, they're going to get better. And that's just going to be part of the growing pains that this roster faces all year long. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked Basketball Podcast. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball podcast in the world. It is fantasy basketball season. Get ready for your drafts and a whole lot more. Check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball wherever you download podcasts today. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this is me, Phil Frost, and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.